Keith McCoy thinks he's being headhunted for a new job. There was a viral video that went out with a senior Exxon lobbyist. This, this wasn't like some guy who, you know, just happened to have coffee at Exxon one day. He was like one of their big guys. A man boasting at a job interview or a never seen before look at how big oil tries to manipulate big power. Uh, saying that, you know, yeah, the company has, you know, uh, given money to his words, not ours, dark money groups. Did we aggressively fight yeah. against some of the science? Yeah. Uh, yes. To muddy the waters on climate change and how the fossil fuel industry business may have contributed to climate change. But there's nothing, there's nothing illegal about that. Yeah. You know, we were looking out for our investments. And uh, the lobbyists went on to say that, you know, oh yeah, we meet with senators and lawmakers all the time to discuss this stuff. I'm Ben Lefebvre, and I cover the oil and gas industry and policy for Politico. Joe Manchin, I talk to his office every week. Um, he is the kingmaker. And, you know, even though Exxon has come out publicly in favor of a price on carbon, it's, it's basically just good PR and, you know, they don't expect it to actually happen. So once that started, the ball rolling, we've had the House Oversight Committee repeatedly asking Exxon, um, the lobbyist himself, to go in for a hearing. So that's kind of how this started. This is Politico Energy. I'm Annie Snyder. Today, the credibility debacle for Exxon and other big oil companies, and Congressional Democrats' expanding probe. It's Friday, September 17th. Committees look, wants to talk to other uh, international oil companies who have been trying to green up the reputation, uh, Shell, uh, BP, Chevron's in there too, but also like the big lobbying voices like the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the American Petroleum Institute, and asking them basically for, you know, five or six years worth of documents that would kind of lay out their internal actions and thinking on how their industry, uh, you know, affects climate change and how, how they've lobbied one way or the other on emissions, on greenhouse gas emissions, on, you know, climate change. And basically trying to see whether the companies have been consciously putting their money where their mouths definitely are not. And do we know anything more specific about the types of, you know, they're using the phrase disinformation, the types of disinformation tactics that they're targeting? Yeah. So this is something that I've written about in the past where, for example, Exxon would come out and say, uh, we're going to promote algae fuel or, you know, we want to be part of the climate solution. But at the same time, if you had gone through their lobbying reports or the report that their nonprofit arm, like they would also be giving out to money to K Street groups. But when you go to look at the group, they were like, oh, we're suing the federal government over its plans for carbon tax or just basically why carbon dioxide is great for trees and therefore it's not a pollutant like that kind of stuff. Hmm. So it sounds like the committee is potentially trying to um, peel back another layer and learn more about that sort of activity that you're describing. Yeah, this, like I said, is this was kind of well known with Exxon. But, you know, you have companies like BP, who has been going out of its way recently to say, oh, yeah, you know, we want to be, you know, part of the decarbonization movement. But at the same time, they're making investments still in oil and gas operations. So it's kind of like the committee wants to see you know, behind closed doors, what are these companies saying to themselves, whether it's a part of a strategy to, um, as they say, muddy the waters on whether, you know, climate change is as uh, severe as, you know, scientists say, if if the government has any uh, role in playing and helping mitigate climate change to kind of figure out where exactly they stand. 
So you, you mentioned that the documents that the committee is seeking go back five or six years. It sounds like back to 2015 timeframe. What do you make of that like time window that they're looking at? What what does that window suggest they might be looking for? I, I think it kind of goes back to, I, I think when a lot of this stuff was really kind of rife, kind of giving money to dark money groups to kind of put out one message while your, your company is publicly adhering to the other message. And I, I think that they want to see at that time, oil and gas was still kind of in the driver's seat. Uh, there hadn't been a huge plummet in prices that we saw. So they were kind of like at their height as far as like money and I guess power. So what were they planning at that point? Hmm. Okay. So what are the companies and lobbying groups that the committee is targeting? What are they saying in response to these requests for documents and for, for testimony, right? Do we have any indication yet of whether or not they'll they'll cooperate? No, there's no indication yet. I've talked to the committee a number of times and they've said, you know, oh, we're still working on this. We're still trying to get Exxon in. I, I'd be a little bit surprised if the companies actually sent anybody. So it's unclear exactly what will come of this investigation, particularly if the companies and lobby groups don't participate. Do you have a sense yet of what could come out of this? And is there any sort of policy implication that you think we could, could see here? Or is this just about making political hay? I think it's... It's making political hay, but I think, but I want to, you know, emphasize that this could be actually a really big deal as far as politically, not just like in D.C. People have been comparing the predicament that the oil industry is in right now. They're comparing it to where the tobacco industry was, like right before the big fall. And I could see that if 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 there is enough information that comes to light, I, I could see it becoming a big deal, like just once and for all, saying you guys knew. Um, you didn't care. And therefore, I could see the public just becoming, you know, much more accepting of climate solutions that just kind of write out the oil and gas industry than they might be otherwise. Yesterday, in response to the House Oversight Committee's request, the American Petroleum Institute, which acts on behalf of many of the country's largest oil companies, said it welcomes the opportunity to testify. And one more thing before we let you go. Are you a fan of our podcasts? Do you wake up every morning to see what TV reference Jeremy Siegel is up to on Politico Dispatch or what the energy world is up to on our show? If you are a fan, and even if you're not, we want to hear from you. Let us know how we're doing, what you like from our shows, what you wish we talked more about, and what you'd like us to do differently. Your answer is going to help us make more and better content. So please head to politico.com backslash pod survey or find the link to the survey in the show's notes. That's politico.com slash pod survey. Thank you so much in advance for your input. We can't wait to hear from you. Carlos Prieto is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our senior editor of audio. Our senior producer is Jenny Ahmed. Irene Noguchi is Politico Audio's executive producer. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Annie Snyder, and we'll see you on Monday. The predicament, the, the predict, I can't even say that word. The, the uh, I feel like Porky Pig. That. <laughs> <laughs>